The following episode of Annals on Call is brought to you by Annals of Internal Medicine. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and participants during this episode are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the American College of Physicians, the editors of Annals of Internal Medicine, or the institutions that the speakers are affiliated with unless so identified. All relevant financial relationships have been mitigated. Information contained herein should never be used as a substitute for clinical judgment. For more episodes, links to CME and MOC, or to view disclosures, visit go.annals.org slash on-call. What our hypothesis was that people who smoke and have this finding uh, compatible with uh, bronchiectasis and CT may have higher risk of mortality. Welcome to Annals on Call, a podcast based upon articles from the Annals of Internal Medicine in which we discuss the implications of the article for you, the listener. This is Dr. Bob Centaur. I'm Professor Emeritus at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and former chair of the Board of Regents for the American College of Physicians. This episode of Annals on Call features an article titled Suspected Bronchiectasis and Mortality in Adults with a History of Smoking Who Have Normal and Impaired Lung Function. Joining us is the first author, Alejandro Diaz, who has both an MD and MPH. He's an associate professor of medicine at the Harvard School of Medicine and lead investigator in the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at uh, the Brigham. Alejandro, thank you for joining us. The whole concept of bronchiectasis and mortality in patients uh, who smoke is fascinating to me. I think before we discuss the study, maybe it's worthwhile for us to define terms for the audience. So first of all, how do you define bronchiectasis? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Well, bronchiectasis is, I think, better understood as a clinical syndrome uh, characterized by cough and sputum production. And in the context of an abnormal pathologic dilation of the airways, which are visible on lung imaging. So this leads to recurrent infections and exacerbations, which causes the damage to the airways. So, okay. So I've heard about bronchiectasis my entire career. I was fascinated by the concept of suspected bronchiectasis. So in, in this study, you had CT images and you had history. And so how did you decide someone had suspected uh, bronchiectasis? Well, Bob, first of all, we, we came out with this term for, for, for this article because essentially what this means is this is an incidental finding on lung imaging. In people who, smokers, who were enrolled for other reasons to a study. In this case, the study was about COPD. And so... What we did essentially is, okay, we, we identify bronchiectasis on CT and then use the report of their symptoms and flare-ups in the past year to combine them 
and define this as suspected bronchiectasis. So what is missing from make, making an actual diagnosis of bronchiectasis? So what is missing is a physician diagnosis of it, right? Okay. So these people were not aware of this of this feature on CT that, in fact, was an exclusion criteria. So people who knew that they have this condition couldn't participate on the study. Okay. So that's that's an important detail because um, we are discussed later, but this situation might be encountered by by even by APCP. Right. So a patient with a history of smoking comes in to my service uh, and the chest x-ray shows a shadow. So I get a CT scan and it looks like it might be bronchiectasis, but they didn't come in for that. They came in for something else. Now I'm suspecting it. I might go back and ask them questions to see whether or not they actually have the clinical evidence of bronchiectasis. That's right, Bob. I think you're on the right path. Typically, if that situation happens, you go back, you check for respiratory symptoms, history of respiratory acute events like acute bronchitis or or this kind of uh, diagnosis in the past. And if that happens, you have now imaging plus symptoms, you may say, well, it might be true that maybe there is a, a clinical syndrome of bronchiectasis. So you have options here. You, you may study further the, the patient and uh, order a breathing test or some exams to determine what is the etiology of this process besides smoking or even uh, make a referral to, to a pulmonologist to further study this patient. So the patients in your study had the CT scan, you have some clinical information, and then you also have spirometry. And then you broke the patients who had suspected bronchiectasis into three groups, if I understand. Normal spirometry, COPD spirometry, and then something called PRISM. And I don't know what PRISM is, so could could you teach me what PRISM is? Of course. Uh, when I am fortunate to know the colleague who make this acronym, Dr. Emily Wong, which is a uh, faculty of our, who is a faculty of our uh, hospital. And so this stands for preserved ratio and is impaired spirometry. So essentially, it is a pattern of, uh, of the breathing test in which there's no obstruction, but the lung function is not optimal. This pattern used to be called restrictive pattern some decades ago, and now we call it BRISM. And studies have shown that people with this pattern tends to have high BMI and more importantly, increasing chances of developing COPD. That's why has become like a and at least in our specialty, a, a an important group of people to to check out. Okay, so now we know what we're dealing with. We we have we have the CT, we have some clinical information, and we have spirometry, and we divide them into three groups. Now, what are we looking for after we divide them into three groups? 
Yeah, so what, what our hypothesis was that people, people who smoke and have this finding uh, compatible with bronchiectasis on CT may have higher risk of mortality. We have, of course, prior information to make the hypothesis, like people who smoke and have bronchiectasis have higher chances of dying if they have this bronchiectasis feature on CT. We knew that. Uh, and so, because in this study, we have these three groups, it was kind of uh, important to us to look at other groups that were, you know, at that point unknown what was going on in terms of death risk and having bronchiectasis. And so, we look at these three groups. As you described, normal people who smoke with normal spinometry, people with prison, and people who have the obstructive pattern, so COPD. And it was really interesting that, you know, we, we found even the higher effects on people, in people who, who smoke and have normal spinometry. And so the, these people have higher risk of mortality if they have this suspected bronchiectasis. So abnormal airways on CT plus respiratory symptoms. Uh, so th these people, based on our results, need some you know, further follow-up or workup to make sure that you know, we, we get it. So if I, if I remember the article right, you reconfirmed that people with abnormal spirometry that we would expect for COPD, those people had bronchiectasis had increased mortality. That people who had normal spirometry, they had increased mortality if they had suspected bronchiectasis. But that in-between group, the possible, what we used to call restrictive lung disease, the prison group, you didn't have enough people in that group to really tell whether or not there was increased mortality. Is that correct? I, I think the, the number is still big. It's around a little less than a thousand people in that particular group. But you're right. Was an, in, uh, an increasing risk, but the conference interval were kind of crossing the one. So, so we can for sure say that really, you know, Make 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 the 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 hard line to say yes that doesn't increase risk here, and so so but you're right maybe if we have a even bigger sample size maybe we may detect some some risk I mean some some uh, definitely uh, um, increased risk, um, but importantly to to us is that you know when clinically facing people who smoke with this features on CT uh, may need, you know, a, a little a, a little follow-up, may need some additional work. That That's kind of what we learned here. So I'm going to stretch out away from the paper just for a second. What about non-smokers who have bronchiectasis? Yeah, good question. I think this is a condition that affect uh, non-smokers, right? And it, it is, it's the result of different causes. So for instance, in the US, 
um, there is a bronchiectal registry in which most people, what they say that's the potential cause of, of, of bronchiectasis is they have a pneumonia episode in the past. Uh, other people are known to have um, rheumatoid arthritis, which is associated with this process. Other say I had also asthma and COPD, which we know that are, are associated condition with this. And so other people, you know, I think the, the, the presence of these features on CT it also may, may need further work in people who don't smoke. We, we know that because our study was restricted to that population, but, mm-hmm. but you're right. What happened if someone don't smoke? Well, we do the same exercise, right? Asking symptoms and, and if there's something there, well, we, we may want to fully know uh, what is causing this. So let's say I get a COPD patient admitted to my service and the chest X-ray and the CT show bronchiectasis. What should I do then? Well, that's a good question. Are, are, are they treated differently? Well, to most part, I would say no, except unfortunately, we don't have good treatment for bronchiectasis right now. There's a lot of uh, stuff in, on on investigation right now, investigation on drugs. But you could first maybe for this, if the patient had a flare up you may consider to have a longer period of time with antibiotics or, or, or consider further uh, you know whether you may add antibiotic as a uh, preventive measure a preventive uh, strategy to avoid further exacerbation i think these two are, are kind of more acceptable right now. And also, you, you know, this is more like no practical, but when when you see this situation, you know, one one question one asks is, oh, okay, what was first? It, it was it was it was that this patient really had bronchiectasis, which we know takes a long time to develop, right? A long time ago, and now, year after, got a spirometry and someone said, oh, yeah, meet the criteria for COPD. So what, what came first? So some people think that it's a historical, historical bias in the diagnosis of COPD because now we have this luxury of more availability of, of CAT scan, right? So we encounter more of this diagnosis. And so, so you know, it's interesting. What was what, what, first? Right. Right. So we have a lot of primary care uh, internists who listen to the podcast as well as other primary care physicians. If, what should they take away from it? So they're, they're, they're following patients. They get a routine chest x-ray. Something doesn't look right. So they get a CT scan. They find this. Uh, should they tell their patients that that they have an increased mortality? Should they more carefully take a history and more? And do we have any evidence that antibiotics help? It it makes sense, but I also deal with infectious disease experts who are antibiotic stewards. So how how do I balance these things? 
first, I, I want to give a context, a, a context in the sense that may be useful these days as I learned just a few days ago in, in a conversation with a medical director of the lung cancer screening program here at our hospital, the most of, of the orders for those CTs come from PCPs, so, which is good, right? Mm -hmm. We want to detect cancer early. So this could be a nice context in which, okay, the PCP ordered this, this lung cancer screening CT, right? And a report came back. And maybe no nodule, nothing, okay, good. But then the word bronchiectasis is in the middle of this wording. Right. And so, so what would what I do with this? Well, if uh, as we said, I think the first thing is, well, go back to the patient, check. Oh, really? I, uh, you know, we didn't have any conversation about, about respiratory symptoms. Mm -hmm. Be aware that many people who smoke, as we know, are very, are very used to have a little cough every day. And they just, for them, it's normal. So they don't see any point of reporting this to the PCP. It's part of their life. So that, that thing is, so go back and ask for this simple uh, question about chronic cough, putin production, flare-ups related with respiratory system. And then further work could be done. For instance, we know that this patient also has another disease that, that might be explaining this, like rheumatoid arthritis or uh, inflammatory bowel uh, disease. We know that maybe even have a genetic condition, right? So I think there are some tests that could be done there to further determine the theology of this. Well, as I said, you may choose also depend on the institution you were and the workflow of this might be useful to have to to have a pulmonologist come in in the discussion of, of, of patient care. So in practical terms, I would say it, it needs more evidence. I mean, we, we need to do more ex exams to determine really what, what this means, what, what is associated with our diseases or not. In terms of treatment, uh, it, it, it depends on, on, on you know on the patients. If the patient really is symptomatic, it's, it's good to we know something now that we didn't know before, right? If this patient had again an episode that's compatible with exacerbation or, or increase of their chronic symptoms, right? We we know that there's an structural airway disease that may explain what, what is going on. And so, so that may need treatment and, 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 and see the response to that. But going to your question about, well, we have evidence of, you know, a, a, antibiotic specific antibiotic, no, we don't. Especially in health, you know, no. So far, the trials are failed mostly, um, but th th there are others that are in their way. And so we, we may have, for the answer later. So it sounds like this is an area of study in pulmonology that we, we need to pay attention to uh, because we know that what your study tells us is the fact that they have the bronchiectasis 
is a bad is a bad marker and that we need to do more. But one of the things I love about this is you send someone off for a lung cancer screening, you find bronchiectasis, and it sends you back to take a better history. Sometimes an imaging can help you improve your history taking. And uh, to me, that's that's very encouraging because I'm, I'm sort of an old guy and I like the idea of trying to learn as much as I can from the history. Yeah, no, absolutely. You you are totally right. But also true right now that, right, uh, for good or bad, now as a physician has to check a lot of boxes, right? And one of the boxes maybe now is, ah, is this is heavy smoker and need, uh, you know, the CT scan. So you check that. But that you share as a routine thing, maybe because just meet that criteria, right? The smoking criteria, mm-hmm. and that's it. But you're right. This helps you to go back and say, oh, my Lord, I need to, uh, to talk with this patient again and see maybe he has this symptom and we, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that. Well, Alejandro, thank you so much for doing the study and for sharing a lot of insights about bronchiectasis in smokers. I think you raise as many questions as you answer and that's the way science works. And so I love it. Thanks again. Thank you so much. That is what keeps us busy. Thank you so much. Now it's time for Bob's Pearls. This very interesting article shows that x-ray findings of bronchiectasis can show an increased risk of mortality in patients who are smokers. Because of the nature of the study, there was not uh, a great deal of history to go along with the x-ray findings. We're not sure that knowing someone has bronchiectasis enables us to treat the bronchiectasis to decrease mortality. That will require further studies. What I take from this is that when we see bronchiectasis on a CT scan, it's time to go back and talk to the patient and better understand their cough and whether they have a productive cough and how important their bronchiectasis might be. I look forward to further research on this topic. I hope you've learned something and enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening. Information contained herein should never be used as a substitute for clinical judgment. For more episodes, links to CME and MOC, or to view disclosures, visit go.annals.org slash on call 